All right, so welcome to tonight's Bible study. Um, I hope our week um, went well. I mean, last week went into this week. All right, so if you can see my screen, before we even jump into today's um, discussion, if you can see the screen, um, it's the flyer for our program coming up, and it's titled Prayer and Prophecy, Understanding the Priestly and Kingly Ministry of the Believer, all right? And this program, this event will hold in two places, like we've announced. It will, it will hold in Lagos on the 27th of November, which is this coming Saturday. So please, if you haven't registered and you're in Lagos, please do so. Um, do, do register and we'd love to see you around. And the address is right there. It starts by 1 p.m. And then in Abuja, it holds on the 11th of December um, 2021, right? So that's in about three weeks or three or three weeks there about from from now okay and um, the address is there it starts by 12 noon so even if you don't stay in abuja um please send this to someone that stays in abuja that you know and let them let them um you know come and join us for fellowship it'll be an amazing time all right so please we emphasize that you we encourage rather that you register so it will help us know how many people are coming and we can prepare for them adequately all right Okay, God bless you. So let's move on. Today we are continuing where we stopped. Yes, uh, sorry, where we stopped last week. And last week we started by we we um, we wanted to we started a study on understanding our unique identity in Christ. One minute. Wanted to understand our unique identity in Christ. All right, and I explained last week, and I I'll just love to explain that again. Now, when we say unique identity, what we simply mean is this, that everybody in Christ is, um, everyone, everyone who is in Christ ha has a corporate identity. For instance, the Bible refers to us as the light of the world and as the salt of the earth. So this is, this is generic to everybody that is in Christ. You are both the light of, we are both the light of the world and the salt of the earth, all right? Um, the Bible refers to us as ambassadors for Christ, okay? So there are, there are generic um, terminologies that the Bible uses to describe um, believers in Christ. However, when we come into Christ, you and I have our unique identities. Unique means that there is an identity you sustain in Christ that is different from what I sustain in Christ, even though we are together in Christ. And last week, we started by explaining um, the concept of the human body and Paul. This was how Paul was able to differentiate. Uh, Paul was able to explain this revelation for us that even though the body is one body, okay. However, there are several parts in the body. There's the eye, there are the ears, there's the nose, there's the hands, the feet, and all of that. So also, even though we are one in Christ, yet we have different functions. And what determines those functions um, is our identity. Our identity is what determines. Our functions in Christ, okay? And your understanding of your identity will be will probably be the most powerful revelation you have about yourself, right? Because everything we do, okay, even when we talk about fulfilling purpose, right? I, I said last week that your um, you cannot separate your identity from your assignment. You cannot separate who you are from what you what what God has called you to do. Okay, so meaning that when God give someone an assignment to do. God gives the person that assignment because he has made the person in a particular way, okay? Um, um, we read Jeremiah, and the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, God spoke to Jeremiah and said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Then he says, I ordained you to be a prophet. This happened before Jeremiah was born, right? And then when he was born, he now entered into the assignment of his identity, so if we don't understand our identity, we will never be able to fulfill our assignment on earth. Do you get that? And a lot of people are struggling to do what God, struggling to do something that is good, but is not what God has asked them to do. You know, there are many good things, but not, it's not every good thing God is asking you to do. For instance, starting an orphanage is a fantastic thing. Um, starting a school is a fantastic thing. Um, having a, a, an organization that reaches out to less privileged people Fantastic, but if God is not asking you to do it, then it is not right in his eyes for you. 
And if he's asking you to do it, then he's already, he's asking you to do it because he has already made you the kind of person that can handle, you know, that um, kind of ministry. So your identity cannot be separated from your assignment. So the first thing to even fulfill your assignment on earth is to really know who you are, okay? And this is one of the reasons why it is super important that we understand our identity in Christ Jesus. Know your unique identity, all right, in Christ Jesus, such that when the enemy comes to speak words of discouragement to you, comes to speak words of depression to you, you can refute those words because you know who you are. You know who God has called you to be. And let me tell you this. Your identity is not tied to a circumstance, okay? It is, your identity is inherent. Circumstances around you will always align to your identity. And if you need to really understand this, that the moment you know who you are, you'll find out that everything around you would align to that identity, regardless of where you are. And I, I want to show something in scripture before we even begin. Um, Genesis chapter 40. Um, this should be 49, I believe. Genesis chapter 49. Um, give me a minute. Let me... Sorry, not 49. I beg your pardon. Genesis chapter... Sorry, I, I, I just came into my heart. So I didn't check the scripture before this, but it's very important. I want to read this to us, all right? Um, Genesis chapter... Oh, good. Genesis chapter 39. Sorry, not 49. Genesis chapter 39, verse, verse 2. Genesis chapter 49, verse 2. All right? So I read, it says, And the Lord was with Joseph. And, no, let, in fact, let me read from verse 1 so you understand the context. Verse 1 says, Genesis 39, verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of the Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, meaning Joseph was, was sold as a slave, all right, which had brought him down thither. Now look at verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Do you notice that the Bible calls Joseph a prosperous man, even though Joseph was a slave, meaning his situation was not what defined his identity. He was already a prosperous man, even though they sold him as a slave. And you know the story. In the house of uh, Potiphar, just in a, um, in, a, in a short time, Potiphar's house began to increase. And Potiphar discerned that my, this increase is coming because of Joseph, all right? So the prosperity was not in the house. The prosperity was not in, in the environment that he was sold to. The prosperity was in him. The Bible calls him a prosperous man, meaning that his identity was what influenced his situation. And this is what, this is again one of the reasons why it's important we know who we are, that our identity will always influence the circumstances around our lives. But if you're looking on the outside, hoping the circumstances will influence your identity, or the circumstances will tell you who you are, then you, you, you'll, be, you'll be, you know what, what psychiatrists call bipolar, meaning you have dual identity. Today you see yourself as great, the next day you see yourself as not great, and then it's just going to be a mess because external situations always fluctuate, but the identity God has revealed to you is all is steady, all right? So it's important we know who we are, and, and this is why we're, we're studying this, praise God. Okay, so let's move on. Um, for an introduction, I want us to read two scriptures. First of all, Psalm 82, verse 5 to 6, okay? Psalm 82, verse, sorry, verse 5 to 7. Psalm 82, verse 5 to 7. Someone should please read for us um, when you are there. Psalm 82, verse 5 to 7. Anybody there? Two, verse 5. Yes, please. For these oppressors know nothing. They are so ignorant. They wander about in darkness while the whole world is shaken to the core. I say, you are gods. You are all children of the most high. 7. 
but you will die like mere mortals and fall like every other ruler. Hallelujah. Thank you for that. Let, let, me, let, me, let me take this. Next. Let me start from verse 6, then I'll go back to verse 5. So verse 6 says, I've said you are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High God. So God was telling these people that I have designated you as gods. And Jesus Christ explained to us, let, let, me, let me show you something. Um, John chapter 5, all right? John, the book of John chapter 5, Jesus Christ made reference to this scripture, and he said something important. All right, so he said, um, John chapter 5, verse, give me a minute, please, again. All right, so this must be John chapter 10. Okay, good, sorry, John chapter 10, not chapter 5. John chapter 10, look at what Jesus Christ said verse, in verse 34. He said, just answer them. Is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into, into the world, thou blasphemed because I said I am the son of God. What Jesus Christ was saying is that if God said to them, right, in, in, in Psalms, it's too heavy, Joshua, he said to them that you are gods. And Jesus Christ was saying, the reason why God said that was because the word of God came unto them, all right? And it says, if he calls them God, then how can you accuse me of blasphemy? Who I, who I am really, really the one that God sent to the earth. But I brought that up to show you something that Jesus Christ said, the moment the word of God came to them, they were regarded as gods, all right? So let's go back to Psalm 82. It says, um, verse 6 now, it says, I have said you are gods. And all of you are children of the most high God. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. So even though these people were designated by their identity, they were called gods. But Jesus Christ said they will die like men, like men, men, and they will fall like one of the princes. And why is that so? Look at verse 5 says, the reason is because they know not. Neither do they understand. It says, they walk on in darkness and all the foundations of the earth are without cause. So these people, and if you read from verse 1, you see that these people were oppressors, right? Even though they, they, they had an identity, they had an elevated identity, that authority, yet they used the authority to oppress. And what God was saying is because they do not know what it means to be called a God, all right? Um, they do not know what it means to, to have that identity. So the problem was the, was, was, was a knowledge problem, right? It was an ignorance problem that they did not really know what it meant to be called a God. And because of that, because of that gap in knowledge, their actions were faulty and God came to judge them. So the moment we do not know who we are, we will act contrary to our identity. That's, that's what I'm trying to bring up from this scripture. And this is why, again, I keep emphasizing, super important to know who you are. Because God may have, may have called you... Um, for instance, now God may have called you a carrier of his presence, but then you spend so much time in the world that you don't, you don't cultivate the presence of God, that, you don't cultivate the presence of God to the extent that God wants you to, um, to carry that presence, all right? And then you, you keep acting in ways that are not consistent with your identity. And according to this scripture, a day will come where judgment will, have, will come based on your misaligned um, um, actions, all right? So... Knowledge of identity is super, super important, all right? So second scripture I want to read here is Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Um, most of us already know this scripture. It says, my people perish for lack of knowledge, okay? And I read, I, I put the scripture up to say, let me read it again. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It says, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, uh, that thou shalt not, thou shalt be no priest to me, Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So it says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And the first knowledge that makes people, the, 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 the knowledge, also two, two dimensions of knowledge, right? That make people, that make believers perish. Remember, God said, my people perish. So he wasn't talking about people of the world. He was talking about his own people. And he said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Meaning that according to God's design, Christians, his children should not perish. There's nothing that is strong enough that should cause his children to perish, okay? 
However, if you ever see his children perishing, then it is always a knowledge problem or an ignorance problem. And there are two aspects, two dimensions of knowledge that causes the believer to perish. The first one is this. Daniel said, my, uh, Daniel said, those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So the first reason why a believer might not do exploits and might be perishing is because he does not know his God. All right? The second kind of knowledge that makes believers perish is the knowledge of themselves, is that they do not know themselves. So when a believer doesn't know God, he perishes. When a believer doesn't know himself or herself, he, he or she perishes. So without the accurate identity of yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, the devil, the devil can come and bamboozle you left and right, and you will just feel helpless, even though you are supposed to be a lion. You feel so helpless, even though you are supposed to be the one wielding authority. You feel helpless because you do not know it. All right. So the understanding of your unique identity in Christ is super, super important. So we left off last week with a question, and I'm going to start um, with this discussion. You know, and I'd like to hear our responses. All right. And the obvious question from last week is: So how then do we know our unique identity in Christ Jesus? All right. So this is where I want us to start discussing from, and then we, you know, before I go into my 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 notes. Oh, by the way, today's Bible study will probably be um, straight to the point and a bit concise. But yes, I just wanted us to to discuss this properly. So I have a question for us. Then, how can you discern your unique identity in Christ? All right. So I'd love to hear answers on Zoom and on Mixlr. How can you discern your unique identity in Christ Jesus? Anyone wants to give me an answer? Um, just let me know. The floor is open. How can you discern your unique identity in Christ Jesus? Um, those of us on Mixlr, please drop your comments in the chat and I would um, read it out to us. So yeah, how, how can we, I mean, if, if with all that we've been saying, all right, how, how can you descend your unique identity? Um, let me see. Akubeze, do you want to give us an answer? Don't just tell me what comes to your mind. Um, um, let's see. How can you descend your unique identity? Um, if you are speaking, please unmute your, unmute your mic so we can hear you. Akubi, is that there? You want to give us an answer? Um, okay. Not there. Um, Faith, you want to try? You want to tell us? No, not try I me. Mean, there's really no right or wrong answer right now. Do you want to share with us how you think we can discern our identity in Christ? Our unique identity in Christ. Uh, okay, let me try. All right. So I think that the way you can discern it is by studying patterns. Hmm. What I mean by that is. Um, how do I explain this? <laughs> basically, no, studying basically studying patterns that yeah. um, maybe, for example, you have been, God has put before you different opportunities whereby you've been speaking to certain people about certain things. Mm -hmm. And you see that you are very proficient in certain things. And mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> Fantastic, actually, because that's one of the points on my on my slides. So that was very, 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 very good. Thank you very much, Faith. Um, is that still there? Do you want to give us an? Do you want to try to give us an attempt to answering the question? How can you discern your unique identity in Christ? Um, Mixeller, I'm still waiting for a response. If you're there, just drop a comment in the chat, and I'll read it out to us. All right. So let's continue. Um, so the first, first way, however, before I come to what you said, Faith, the first way you discern 
The first way right, to discern your identity, your unique identity is by a revelation from God. And when I say revelation, I don't, I'm not necessarily referring to a spectacular occurrence. No, I'm just saying God revealing it to you in any way that he decides to reveal it to you. All right. Um, whether it is it is a spectacular experience like a vision, a dream, um, a trance, or a prophetic utterance, or whatever it is, right, or in a non-spectacular way. However, whichever way he reveals it to you, two things must be in place. One, it is inspired by his spirit, and number two, it is backed by his word. So whatever revelation God gives to you, whatever re revelation you believe you have received, from God about your unique identity. It must be inspired by the spirit of God, number one, and then it must be backed by his word. So it is it is not something you conjure, you, you, you cooked up in your head. And let me read a scripture to us, right? Just to show, show this um, for the second Peter chapter one, verse 19. Maradosika nabrasko suna bregadasiakumara. Second Peter chapter one, verse 19. It says that, it says we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Verse 20 says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, right? But by but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the by the Holy Ghost, meaning they spoke as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. So every revelation God gives you should not come, it should not be a product of your, the will of man. For instance, now somebody says, you know, all these apostles, I like them, I really like them. I want to become an apostle. And the person now says, oh, I am an apostle. And just calls himself an apostle because he just desires it and he likes the title. Oh boy, when the persecution and the trials and temptations that are tailored fit for the office of an apostle comes to you, you will know that you are not designed for it. Okay, so it is not of the will of man. All right. But the Bible says, holy men of God spoke as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So every revelation about your unique identity must be inspired by the Holy Ghost, okay? It's not that you woke up and you saw, you just admired somebody so well. Maybe you have a, a mentor or a role model that you admire so much and you'll just wake up and call yourself the same thing that he's, he's identified as. You cannot just do that, all right? Your unique identity must be inspired by the Holy Ghost. The revelation of that unique identity must be inspired by the Holy Ghost. And secondly, <clears throat> It must be backed by his word, meaning it must be backed by the word of God. So there is, if we cannot trace that identity <clears throat> to a scripture that God reveals to you, then there, there's, a, there's a question there, there's a big question mark. What I mean is, if whatever God reveals it to you in God's characteristic manner, he will always back it up by his word. He cannot just reveal to you something and not give you a scripture to support it. Okay, he, every time he gives you a revelation, right, of your unique identity, he will give you a scripture to back it up. Now, the scripture may not come immediately, the revelation comes. However, as you are diligent in your work with God, there must be a scripture to back that revelation up. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, for instance, now, and, and this is very practical, let's say you are praying, you are praying, you are praying, you are praying, and then while you are praying, you fell into it. A, a, you, you saw a vision, right? And in the vision, God, let's say in the vision, God spoke to you in the vision, right? And said, for instance, that um, I have called you to be a, um, let's say he says to you, I've called you to be a, a, a mother of nations and you raise, you would, you would take care of orphans, for instance. Now that is a spectacular occurrence. That's a revelation from God. Yes, it is inspired by his spirit. At that point, maybe no, no scripture yet has come to you as the basis for that identity. But as you continue praying over that word, right, over some days and weeks, and you're praying about it, praying about it, God will always reveal a scripture to you that validates that revelation. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? So it is not just enough to receive an inspired utterance or an inspired um, revelation, okay? It must be backed by his word. So if it doesn't come, if the word from scripture doesn't come immediately, then it will definitely come as you stay in the place of prayer, laboring over what God has revealed to you, okay? And some other times, right, it comes immediately. In fact, sometimes it is from the scripture that God speaks to you, all right? And let, let me share with you my own personal testimony. You know, um, sometime in 2014, I believe, yeah, 2014, God spoke to me, this must have been in November, right? He spoke to me and he said that I have given you, in fact, he spoke to me from scriptures, from Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. And he said, I've given you the tongue of the learned so that you know how to instruct those who are weary. And what God was saying to me, right, as he revealed that word to me was that he has given me utterance in my mouth so that anybody that is weary that comes to me, I will know what to say to the person and the person will receive strength. And I noticed that the moment God spoke that word, there was an increase of grace, okay, to administer strength to people that were weary. There was an increase of grace to, to help those that people just come and they'll need counseling. And even though personally I've never experienced what they, they were explaining, yet I had the wisdom to counsel them in that matter. So that happened because God, God gave me an identity of myself until date, that identity still plays, all right? And in fact, he has shown me several other things about myself, but that's just one example. So I'm saying this to, to explain to us that when God gives you a direct revelation, okay, about your unique identity, it must be inspired by the spirit and it must be backed up by his word, all right? Okay, so let's look at um, an example of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 3, verse 6 to 17. Matthew chapter 3, verse 6 to 17. Trying to understand our unique identity in God. Matthew chapter 3, um, yep, verse 16 and 17. All right, let me read. It says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So this was a very spectacular um, experience. Jesus Christ was being baptized, and then as soon as he came out of the water, the heavens were opened over him. And two important things happened, right? And, and this shows us a pattern of God's speakings in our lives. Two important things happened. Number one is that they saw the Spirit of God descending, meaning there was a, there was a manifestation of the Spirit of God. Then number two, then um, God spoke. So the, the Spirit of God was in manifestation, and the Word of God was in manifestation. And this gives us um, the pattern for God, for every revelation, to be honest, every revelation that God, God gives unto us, number one is that it must be inspired by the Spirit. It must be inspired because anybody can take the scripture and just read anywhere and just and say, oh, because the scripture says this, I automatically adopt it for myself. There'll be no power in such, even though you are reading it from the Bible, in such kind of, um, in such kind of, um, what's the word now that we use? If anyone who adopts a scripture just like that, will not be powerful in the person's life, okay, as, as, as it would be when it is inspired by the scripture. Now, let me put a balance here before I continue. Every scripture is God-breathed, right? Meaning scripture, the Bible tells us in Timothy that the whole scripture is, is, is inspired by the Holy Spirit, okay? So every scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And when we begin to talk about our unique identity, our, our corporate identity in God, every part of the scripture applies to us as believers. That, that's Every promise of the scripture to us, right, applies to everyone, okay, as believers. As long as you are a believer, the promises of God's word to us applies. The identity that, he, that God calls every believer applies to you. You don't need any spectacular revelation for that. The moment you sit in scripture, you read the Bible, and the Bible says you are the light of the world, that you can, you can, you can what's it called, adopt that scripture because you are a believer. Now, this is for the generic identity our corporate identity we have as believers. 
However, what I'm speaking to is, I'm speaking to your unique identity in Christ, that God has to inspire the scripture or inspire the revelation to you, all right, as a person, and it must be backed up by his word. You get that? So for instance, God reveals to someone and says, you are, you would be my, my, you'll be my channel through which I'll release the songs of heaven onto the earth. That revelation has come to the person, maybe in the place of prayer or in a vision or in a dream or something, it comes to that person. That is inspired by the Holy Spirit, okay? However, the person now needs to press in in the place of prayer and God will show the person the portion of scripture that allocates um, that, that identity to him. Do you understand that? Because, you know, let, let me give an, uh, an analogy. On the earth, right, real estate is, that's land, landed property now, real estate is, is distributed or is validated by documents, either by certificate of ownership or by government consent or something, something. But there must be a document that validates that this portion of land belongs to you. It is the same way also in the realm of the spirit. Real estate is validated by the word of God. That is a portion of scripture that, that bequeaths a particular dimension of experience to you. All right. And that's why it is super important to handle the word of God and have, have that revelation backed up by God's word. All right. So if, for instance, God has revealed something to you, your responsibility now is to press in the place of prayer and ask God to show you the portion of scripture that speaks directly to that revelation. And when you do that, then you know you are, you are grounded. Let me give another example, personal experience now. One day God was, I was praying, I was praying, and, and you know, I did, I, this will probably help us, you know, just explain this, this point. I was praying and then one day God, God said to me in prayer, he said, I have made you a house. I said to God, this is strange. How? I, I mean, I don't, where is this in scripture? And what was saying, he explained to me, right? Um, he said, before he, before he showed me the scripture, he said to me that he has made me a house and that people will come and live under me, live under my roof. You know, what, I'm, what he meant for me was that just the same way people live under the roof of a house, right? They live in a house, they take shelter in a house, they are being fed by what is in the house and all of that. He does the same way God was telling me that he had made me a house like that, that people will come into my life and live under my roof, be fed by me and all of that. But when I received it, I knew it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, but I didn't have a scripture to, to validate this revelation or a scripture that backed up this revelation. So I began crying. I told God, God, show me a scripture. Show me the scripture that speaks to this. And then one, um, some days after that, God took me to um, First Peter, right? And he showed me how he says, you also being, a, being lively stones are built up into a house for, a, for a, a habitation of God by his spirit. The moment I saw that scripture, I knew this was the scripture that God was giving to me to support that revelation. So I hope that's clear enough. So the the primary way, and, and this is super important, the primary way you discern your identity, all right? And if you, if you permit me, I'll say this is the most important way. You discern your unique identity in God is by a revelation from God himself, that God reveals it to you. And I said that every revelation from God must be inspired by his spirit and must be backed up by his word, okay? Um, so second scripture of prayer concerning Jesus, I'll just run through that quickly is, um, is Luke chapter 4 verse 16 all right Luke chapter 4 Luke chapter 4 verse 16 he says and he came to Naz and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read Verse 17, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me um, because he has anointed me and, and all of that. Let me just skip, skip through. And then he reads unto verse 21 and says, and, um, and he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. So Jesus Christ came to the temple. He took the book of Isaiah all right, and the Bible says he found where it was written, meaning that God must have revealed to him that that portion of scripture was unique to his identity. And this is super important, right? You need to know where it is written about you in the Bible. 
I know there are so many pro promises. I know there are so many things God said, but I'm saying what which one was written about you? Because the Bible contains, there is no, there is no experience we'll have on earth that the Bible doesn't address. And there is no person on the earth that the Bible doesn't speak to. So my question is, have you found where it is written about you as a person? All right. Because in the day of adversity, when the enemy comes to attack, it is not the generic word that will be your support. It is your personal um, personal revelation or your, your the revelation rather of your unique identity in God that will be your strong strong anchor. All right. It is not what God says to everybody that would that would be your 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 anchor. It is what God says to you as an individual. The reason why I mean someone can come and say and say, I know I will not die now, I will not die young. The reason why the person can say that is because God has already revealed something to him as an individual. Another person may come and say, Oh, yes, I know I will not die young, but if there's no revelation, personal revelation to back that that declaration, then you'll just be a, a scapegoat in the hands of the enemy, all right? So my question to you is, have you found where it is written about you? And what does God say about you, all right? Praise God. Okay, so second example is Peter, all right? Just talking about, still, we're still talking about a, um, direct revelation from God. Peter, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18. Thank you, Jesus. Please read if you are there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18. Somebody should please read for us. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16 to 18. Matthew 16, 16. Yes, Simon please. Simon before all that, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed. Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. He did not learn this from, from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Hallelujah. So in this experience, and most of us already know the story, um, Josh Christ asked his disciples, what do, who do men say that I am? They gave several answers. Then he asked the disciples, so who do you say that I am? And then Peter spoke under the influence of, of, the, of, of the Holy Spirit, right? And then Josh Christ said to him and said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. Then Josh Christ said something important next, which is where I'm going to. Verse 18, and I say also unto you that thou art Peter, and like, like her translation reads, says, which means rock. So God, um, Jesus Christ was bringing a revelation to Peter. Meanwhile, Peter's name was formerly Simon, all right? Simon, son of Jonah. And Simon in the, in the Hebrew, Simon originates, originates from the Hebrew um, language. And in Hebrew, Simon means um, a reed, right? A reed is a plant that can be easily thrown back and forth by the wind or by any current or anything that, <clears throat> that just comes against it. It's easily bent and sways left and right, all right? So Jesus Christ was bringing a revelation to Peter saying, you are from now henceforth, I'm calling you Peter, meaning a rock, not just Simon. Meaning God was bringing, um, 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 Jesus rather was bringing a revelation to Peter about his identity. And if you look at Peter's behavior, all right, you see that at several points in time, Peter swayed left and right, just like a reed. He was, he, he sometimes was indecisive. He'll be here today, here, there tomorrow. You know, in fact, just after this revelation that he gave by the spirit of God, he now said something else that, that was inspired by the enemy. So it was, it was fluctuating, all right? And Jesus Christ had to bring a revelation to Peter and call him the rock. So how do we know our identity? The primary way is by a revelation from God. And I said that a revelation from God must be inspired by his spirit, meaning you don't just wake up and look at something nice and say, oh, or, or probably you hear your friend say, bring the revelation that God revealed to her. And then you say, oh, I like that revelation. Let me adopt it for myself. No, it must be inspired by the spirit of God to you. And then it must be backed up by his word. Okay. So that's the first way we know our, we discern our unique identity in God. The second way which um, um, faith already Talked, talked about, and is a very important one as, as well, is that you observe the pattern of God's dealings with you, all right? You know, many times, 
and, and, and a lot of times this, this happens even before we, we get a direct revelation from God. And let me share again, <clears throat> excuse me, permit me to share my personal experience, all right? So right from school, I noticed that people just used to come to meet me to explain scriptures for them, or if they're going through, you know, challenges and stuff, they'll come to meet me and, I, and I'll give them counsel and advice, all right? So I started noticing that ah, this thing was becoming a bit frequent. But at that point, God had not spoken a word to me yet. But from his dealings with me, I could sense that there's something in this light, there's something in this area, all right, um, that, that probably I should explore. But as at that moment, God had not spoken to me. But based on the patterns of God's dealings with me, I noticed that I, people could just easily come to me for counsel, for help, or to explain scriptures. And all of a sudden, I would just have understanding, even scriptures that I never thought about, I would just suddenly have understanding about it. And then much later, like I explained to us, God now spoke to me from Isaiah, 40 verse, Isaiah 50 verse 4, all right? But when you observe the patterns of God's dealings in your life, you can begin to have an idea of your identity in Christ. So for instance, let's say someone, almost every time this person goes to worship, when the person goes to worship, he receives new songs, songs that, that he didn't learn or she didn't learn before, all right? And he receives new songs and he just writes it down. And then he goes to worship again, he gets another new song. If you observe the pattern of God's dealings, you might have an idea that it's possible I am a psalmist in God's, in, in, in Christ, or it's possible God has called me to be a songwriter, right? Or it's possible something around music. It might not be a direct revelation yet, but because of the frequent dealings, all right, you can tell that there's something in this area that I am called to. And you know, this is why even as parents, we should be really, um, we should be really observant about our children because right from an early age, you can see children operating in a particular dimension, all right? And as a parent filled with the Holy Ghost, you can tell that my child might be this and this, okay? And then based on your relationship with God, God can then reveal it to you. Just the same way God revealed that to the parents of, of um, Samson that he was going to be Nazarene, okay? So when you observe the patterns of God's dealing with you, then you can have an idea that this around this area, God is, you know, God is leading me or God is probably calling me to something in this um, particular area. Do you get that? For someone, you might just find yourself giving, you might just find yourself giving so much. Now, every believer is called to be a giver, but then there are those that have an extra measure of grace for giving because their assignment and their identity has a lot to do with giving. Probably, like, like I keep referring to, they're they are called to be um, kingdom financiers or they're called to, you know, to something financial in God's kingdom. And God begins to deal with them in that particular light. All right. You might even notice that for a season in your life, God doesn't allow you to keep things for long. If you buy a new phone under six months, God says you should give the phone out for no reason. You buy something, you buy, get a new shoe. Why you are you are just happy you bought a shoe? God just speaks to you and says, go and give this person. And you're wondering what kind of dealings is, what kind of dealings is God taking me through? It could just be that he, God is trying to point you to an identity of yourself that you are not yet aware of. So I, my encouragement to us is this, don't ignore the dealings of God in your life. In fact, be a student of God's dealings with you. Personally, I mean, by the grace of God, I've, over the years, I've observed the way God deals with me in certain areas. I've observed the way God deals with me in different things, all right? And, and you know, being a, being a I, I call it being a, a spiritual scientist, I'm able to deduce that God has something for me in this area based on the dealings he has with me, okay? In fact, if you, if you take, if you look at history, right, most men of God that were called into the office um, into that were called to operate in the healing anointing. Most of them, at one point or the other, had a had a difficulty with their own health, and God had to heal them. And that the dealings they had with God around health and healing was what now launched them into the identity of being, um, you know, of administering God's healing to other people. So don't ignore the dealings of God in your life. All right. Um, I, I believe that's really clear enough. But if not, you can ask questions when um, at the end of today's session. All right, so I said here that God typically deals with us in a way that is consistent 
with our unique identity. All right, let me take that again. God typically deals with us in a way that is consistent with our unique identity. And I have just explained all of that, all right? So please don't ignore your dealings with God. If you notice that God is calling, God calls you, God, God suddenly just puts, your, puts a burden in your heart to pray for people. Almost every time you want to pray for yourself, it's like God doesn't allow you to pray for yourself. You are always just praying for people. It might be that God has called you to be an intercessor, all right? You know, other times you might just notice that, for other people, you might just notice that there's just, there's just, God always puts you in position to explain the word of God to people, explain the word of God, explain the word of God. It could just be that God is, God has called you to be a teacher, all right? Now, let me say something here that the dealings, the pattern of God's dealings with you alone is not sufficient to base your conclusion on your identity. However, it is a good indication of your identity. So what I mean is, if, if it, if you want, if you're observing the patterns of God's dealing in your life, that alone is not sufficient for you to just arrive at a conclusion. But that should point you in a direction, and then you begin to pray and seek the face of the Lord in that direction, and then God reveals it to you Himself. All right, I hope that's clear enough. Um, okay, so good. So let's go to the last point. The last way is this, and and I say number three way to discern your unique identity in God is by observing the inclination of your spiritual appetites. And I will explain this. I, I, I didn't find a better way to, to phrase this, all right? <clears throat> but this is what I put. I said um, to observe the inclination of your spiritual appetites. What that means is, so you know, God is very bad. There are, very, there are, there are several dimensions in God, all right? And um, while the, every believer is called to experience the, every dimension in God, however, people's identity could make them more inclined to a specific um, dimension of God, all right? So let me use myself as an example. This is me now as an example, right? And, and you know, I have to, I am using myself a lot because these things are very, they're organic in nature, meaning they're really practical in nature, okay? They're not, um, okay, they're practical in nature, all right? So let me use myself as an example. So for me now, <clears throat> I noticed from an early, early stage, right from secondary school, maybe my GSS 2, yeah, GSS 2 thereabouts, I noticed that's my year two in secondary school. I noticed that I was inclined to teaching. I had one senior, I, I mean, I, I went to a boarding house. So if you are not in Nigeria, this may not, you may not be able to relate perfectly. Or if you didn't school in Nigeria, you may not be able to relate perfectly. But I went to a boarding school and we had seniors, okay? So I had this senior in SS2 he could teach the word of God. And I loved his teachings. When he comes to teach, aside the fact that I was blessed by what he was teaching, I just admired the way he was able to explain the word of God in very simple and clear terms. That really, that, that steadied me an appetite for that, um, for that kind of teaching, for that kind of dimension, right? And right from that early age, early stage, <clears throat> I noticed that I had an appetite for teaching the word of God. And I, I had an appetite for understanding the word of God in very clear and simple terms, okay? And that built up and continued up until, you know, university, and I began to understand this more and more. So from my spiritual appetite, I could tell that, I, I could tell that I was called, right, to be a teacher, okay? Now, this was the inclination, this was just deriving from the inclination of my spiritual appetite, all right? Another thing also I noticed, I noticed with myself that, and this again, this is my personal example, right? I noticed that I had this inclination for the miraculous. I love, I, I love when the Holy Spirit was when the Holy Spirit is in manifestation. I didn't believe, I don't believe, well, and this is this might be me, but I don't believe that we should come and just fellowship together and then the Holy Spirit doesn't minister to us. Why, why, why did we now gather? So I just I had this inclination for for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And it was later God now revealed to me that he has called me to operate in that dimension. So what I'm saying is that if you observe your inclination, some of you are, you just love to worship. There, see, you, there's nothing you see. If they call you for prayer meeting now, and we're praying warfare prayer, fire, lose, bind and lose, fire fall down, you would still be worshiping in the midst of that prayer. That is the inclination of your spiritual appetite, all right? So if you study the inclination of your spiritual appetite, 
it could point you to your unique identity in Christ. Okay, I, I really hope I'm able to explain this point. You know, because when I was writing this, uh, putting this study together, I, I was, in fact, there's nothing else on this slide, really. There's just only this statement. Okay, so observe yourself. Are you inclined? Some people I read are inclined to prayers. Now, for, 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 and I said this before, every believer is called to pray. Every believer is called to intercede. But there's, there's a, an appetite of prayer that lets you know that it could be, there could be an identity in that thing that you are doing beyond just the, the level of every, every believer. So some people are called, like I said, they may be called to be intercessors. The person that is called to be an intercessor, his, the inclination, his appetite for prayer will not be the same, would be way higher. It will not be the same thing with just every other believer. In fact, someone who is called to be an intercessor might, be, might spend a lot more time in prayers than even the pastor himself. And that is fine because that is his unique identity. That's where God has called him to be. Not to say the pastor shouldn't be prayerful and shouldn't be deep in prayer, but because of the identity, because of what that person is called in the realm of the spirit, his appetite for prayer will be, will be robust, all right? The same thing too with giving. There are people that are called to be givers. That is, it is a calling. Every believer is expected to give, but for some people, it is a calling to give. Just the same way it is a calling for a pastor to preach the word of God or an evangelist to go out in to, to go out and win souls. In the same way, also for these people, it is a calling for them to give. So their appetite to give will be way larger than the appetite of just a normal believer. Do you understand what I mean? So if you can observe your, your spiritual appetite, what are you inclined to spiritually? All right, you'll be able to tell it could be a pointer to your unique identity. All right, so you see, that's the end of our Bible study today. Let me see. We finished quite early. All right, so don't forget three things. Number one is the, by revelation from God. So three ways to know, three ways to discern your unique identity um, in Christ. Number one, I said it is by a revelation from God. And I said every revelation is inspired by the spirit of God and must be backed up by his word. Number two is by observing the patterns of God's dealings with you. How does God deal with you? How has God been dealing with you in the last two years, three years, five years? And you see, from all these things, eh, it already shows you, number one, the importance of studying God's word, okay? Number two, it shows you the importance of working with God consistently because you can't be on and off with God and expect to be able to discern your identity. There'll be irregularities in the patterns of, of dealings, do you get? So there's a need for consistency um, in our work with God, all right? So number two, I said by observing the pattern of God's dealing. Then number two, um, number three, sorry, is by observing your the inclination of your spiritual appetites. Praise Jesus. All right, all right. So this is the point where we take questions or we take contributions. Um, I would really like to hear from us. How did you descend your unique identity? Was it through an inclination of your spiritual appetite? Was it through a revelation from God's word? Was it through um, 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 what's it called? Uh, observing the patterns in your life. I really would lo love to hear from us. And if you have a question also, I would love to hear um, the question as well. So we have the floor is open. Please, for those of us on MixLR, um, the floor is open as well. Please drop your questions and um, all your contributions and we would, I'll read it out for everyone. So yep, let me hear from us. Any question? audios anyone want to share with me one of the times where god revealed something to them how did you discover your unique identity how did that come to you anybody wants to share no one is sharing no question any question, any question? Someone should ask a question. Hmm. So we're saying we understand this perfectly. Is that what we're saying? Okay, if we understood it perfectly, then I would like to hear from every one of us, what was one thing you learned today? One thing you learned today that, you know, 
um, you got insight about, uh, you're going to infect, you're going to make changes, you're going to pay attention to. Just tell me one thing you learned today from today's, from our Bible study. Um, okay, I'm going to call names now. Um, to me, do you want to go first? Tell us one thing you learned today. And please don't forget to um, unmute your mic so we can hear you. To me, up, over to you, what's one thing you learned today? Oops, we can't hear you to me. Okay. Um, Akube, is that it there? Do you want to share with us one thing you learned today? Or, you know, drop it in the comments if you can't speak where you are. Just one thing you learned today from today's Bible study. Okay, Faith, over to you. While Akubeza is, I guess, typing has in, um, what's one thing you learned today um, from Bible study? The third point, the um, your inclination, trying to pronounce it well, your inclination mm -hmm. to your spiritual appetites was very profound, and it's something that I would want to take note of going forward. And I'm even trying to think and see, like as you were mentioning things that you were naturally. That was naturally appealing to you spiritually, mm. like when you mm. see someone preach or someone working in miraculous. So I was also trying to take like a glance through my life and see things that I, I liked and also try to match it with the things that God has revealed to me personally through his word mm. and then things that I've also noticed as pattern. So it's just like a confirmation to the first and the second. So it makes yeah. it seem like the first, the second and the third or just like when it says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, the truth is established. Mm -hmm. So like, um, so those three things still pointing towards one thing, just like giving me more assurance that yes, indeed, I'm on the right path. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that. All right, so um, I'm sure we learned one a thing or two. Mixer, I've not seen any comment from us yet. What did you learn today? Um, please feel free to share it. Okay, so we would, let's close with the word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful for um, granting us insight and understanding today. Thank you for opening your word to us, for showing us from scripture um, what we should do. Thank you for all the various, various, um, various identities that you've given unto us. First of all, corporately and then also uniquely. Help us to walk in the manifestation and understanding of this identity in the name of Jesus Christ. But I thank you for everyone that joined here, joined us today, um, whether from the beginning or not, Lord, and even those who listen to this um, recording later. I ask, Father, that you reveal, you reveal their identity to them. Let them walk in the fullness of who you have made them to be in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. That by the time we need meet next week, we'll have testimonies upon testimonies in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear Lord, for in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. God bless you. One last announcement is that um, our fiscal meeting, please, if you have not, um, if you have not registered for it, please do well to register so we can have an idea of how many people we're expecting and we can prepare for you adequately, okay? So I'm dropping the link for, I'm dropping the link for, for that in the, in the chat, okay? Please register for a fiscal meeting, both in Abuja and in Lagos. If you're in Abuja, um, you, we're having that on 11th of December. If you're in Lagos, we're having it on the 27th of November. And in case you are in Abuja, you can invite a friend in Lagos. And in case you are in Lagos, you can also invite a friend in Abuja. So please spread the word. Let's have um, people turn up 
and we'll have a wonderful time with the Holy Ghost. All right. Okay. So next Tuesday is a prayer meeting. Last Tuesday of the month, and we're going to spend time praying together. Um, so I look forward to that. Really, let's digest and pray out some identity identity scriptures. Okay. And then finally, um, um, if you haven't registered for prayer cluster, please do so. For those of you that are just registered, I would reach out to you um, with you know the links to your group and other information. All right. So God bless you all. Have a wonderful um, evening, a wonderful rest of your day. Uh, stay blessed. Good night.